do a thing called the Journey Segment every once in a while, and, and basically what this is is uh, uh, real people, no, not celebrities, because they're not real, and they're, they're God people, and there has been some stuff happen in their life. And I'm very interested in how God people process curveballs, is basically the reason. Because, look, growing up in the Jesus scene, going to church every week, the only time I ever heard people up on the platform was when uh, something got fixed or healed, or they were blessed in some way. And then the rest of us that were sitting in the pews like schmucks wondering what was wrong with us because things weren't getting fixed or healed or blessed or whatever. And it was theologically screwy and was playing with my head. And so I thought, if I'm going to do this radio show, I want to hear from people where life is not peachy and find out really what's going down with them. Because I'm, an, I'm, I'm kind of seriously against the name it and claim it prosperity nonsense that is being preached out there. In, um, in some places. Anyway, all of that is to say our guest at this point in the show is Dion Oxford, and uh, his wife Erin is also here in the studio with us. Dion was diagnosed with uh, MS 18 years ago, and over the past three years he has transitioned from the first stage of the disease known as relapsing remitting MS to the second stage known as secondary progressive MS. Uh, Dion is also the uh, Director of Mission Integration for the Salvation Army's five homeless shelters in downtown Toronto. He's been working with people experiencing homelessness for the past 25 years. He's married to Aaron, which is a good thing, because they have a 12-year-old daughter. No, you know, that just sounded judgy, didn't it? It sounds like you can't have kids if you're not married. I didn't mean it sound like that. He likes to play and listen to music, uh, read and write, fly kites. Do you remember how the song goes from Mary Poppins? I do not. Anybody? Go. What is it? Let's go go fly a kite kite up to the highest highest height. Okay, I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) Um, And hang out with his friends and family. So uh, Dion and Aaron are here in the the, uh, studio. Uh, Tell me about your wheels, Dion. The wheels I'm sitting on right yeah. now. Yeah, this is my, my mobility scooter, which I wish, looking back, I bought a bumper sticker for every place I've had this to because it's been not only all over Canada and all over the U.S., but all over Europe, uh, on a train across Slovakia and up the Eiffel Tower and to Budapest and Prague, all these cool places. So this, this machine here has gotten me around the world. I had a quick uh, conversation the other day with a mutual friend, Ted Gerber, and he uh, gushed about you, said all sorts of mushy stuff. Uh, so I tuned out because I don't, don't want to hear that stuff. And then I just got a text from uh, Corey Lacey who said, say hi to Dion for me. I was his best man. He doesn't call me anymore. I think that's why he has MS. <laughs> that's a sick text. He's who sick, does that? That man's a sick man, but I love him. I love you, Corey, no matter uh, what all the other people say about you. <laughs> um, 18 years with MS. Uh, one of the reasons this is a weird interview for me is because someone I cared about very deeply uh, uh, died in March. And uh, Marcella was a guest on our show. I think you're aware of my story or friendship with her. Did you ever hear any of her interviews I or no? I remember something about it. Yes. And um, and I, it, I was not cool with how she died. I was not cool with the slow deterioration of her body and being trapped in a body in her mind and the, the whole thing. Now... It is probably the number one taboo thing for someone to say, oh, you've got MS? Oh, I know someone who died from MS. Yes. Like, well, who says that? <laughs> yeah, that often sort of gets to me and because, uh, because you know, I could die. I, could, I probably will die younger than most. I'm, I'm 45. I'm in my career. I'm going through what I think men in their 60s go through, which is they're thinking through the last few years before you kind of retire or out of the game. So yeah, it's 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 tough slugging to hear people say, yeah, you know what, I yeah, I got this friend who died and uh, 
It's kind of it kind of sort of scares the crap out of me to be sure. honest. Yeah. Sure. Well, I'm sorry to start the interview that way, uh, but it I I needed you to know where where I was at with this yeah. interview. Yeah. This is uh, hmm. This is scary actually for yeah. me to it feels like I'm reinvesting in this story again, and I'm not sure I want to, because <laughs> I, I got that. jerked around with the last story big time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, wait, I think I just made your story about me. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> um, your your home is now quite different, and the first thing I want to know is, did you buy that walk-in tub from Pat Boone, the one he's selling on the TV? Yeah, Have no, you, is no. That? I had the Pat Boone people in, and they gave me a one-hour <laughs> spiel, me and Aaron, and oh, man. then they dropped the price tag, and we said, thanks for coming out, and we'll see you. Don't slam the door. <laughs> we got another tub from some other folks, and... Uh, we also have some uh, stair lifts now in the house. We we definitely have the retrofit this house. We bought this house when we got married, uh, well, just a little after we got married, and we decided we wanted to live there for the rest of our lives, and all of a sudden now we have these stairs that we try to navigate. So, right. But thankfully there's a few toys around to try and keep you in your house and as independent as you can be, as long as you can. John, what's wrong with you? <laughs> well, that could take forever, Drew, but... <laughs> I've been diagnosed with this disease, multiple sclerosis, which, for like I said, for like your intro, intro said, for the first fifteen was almost invisible, which was was painful in and of itself in a different way. But because people didn't see it or believe it or yeah, whatever. And then when I parked in the handicapped spots, people would look down their noses at me. Did and, that ever happen? Oh, all the time. And then I walked through a wheel uh, through a grocery store one morning when I was before I was really disabled without a cane. But I, I back then even had balance issues. So at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm walking down the aisle of a grocery store. I stagger. And a woman looks at me and says, isn't it a little early for that? To be that? drinking. Yeah. And I, if I were a violent man, I might have punched her in the face. But I held back. <laughs> You're a Salvation <laughs> and, Army guy, are yeah, you not? I sure, yeah, I sure am. Yeah, you can't in my mind, you can hit her with your tambourine. I enjoyed but. the vision in my mind of punching her in the face. <laughs> um, so but where, what has it progressed to? Like, how are you being impacted by MS right now, today, getting yeah, here this morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to, you know... Um, you know, Aaron drove. I have a vehicle that I can drive with my hands now, but if Aaron's with me, I'd prefer her to drive. Uh, we have uh, the scooter that I'm on, which folds down and fits into the trunk of my car, which Aaron has to do again. Because you can't walk? Can, I can barely walk. I, I, I use a walker, and I can't get very far with that. So you've gone from using a cane to a walker? Yeah. Yeah, I can't, cane's no good for me. What was the last time you fell over? Well, that's a good, that's a good question, too. Just a couple of weeks ago, I fell down in the bathroom, and... Uh, I was on the floor for about an hour before Aaron uh, found me because they were it was a, it was those heat waves and we had the air conditioners blasting and I was on the floor for an hour. Oh, I couldn't hear because the air conditioner. Yeah, I was yelling and oh. I was just on the floor. I wasn't in any pain, but of course Aaron found me and it scares the crap out of her. Sure, Aaron. Yes. What? What is that all about? I mean, that you just I saw your face when you, like, he told that story and you just kind of went, uh, "Yeah, that happened." Yep. <laughs> It's terrifying, right? And it's hard to feel. I think I'm struggling right now as this progresses with my own inadequacy and in or inability to uh, help Dion as much as I want to be able to. So, you know, I don't have the strength to lift him up on my own for the most part. Right. We did that day, yeah. um, but it sure made me think about the next time and whether or not I'd be able to do it then. And it's hard to see Dion in that kind of situation. Um, I'm doing the math here. You knew he had MS before he married. Yes. Then why didn't you leave? 
<laughs> Why didn't you check out of that program? Dion. Why did you sign up for this? <laughs> well, Dion and I both, I think, would acknowledge that we were young and we didn't know much at the so, time. So what I heard you just say was, if I'd known it was going to be this <laughs> screwy, I maybe wouldn't have. <laughs> no, at the time, I couldn't imagine not marrying Dion. I was too, I was in too deep. I said to Aaron, when we were engaged, you're right, when we when I was diagnosed, I said, this is your chance. This is your chance to bail. I will not hold it against you. Well, you're supposed to say that. That's yeah. a cool thing. And then she's supposed to say, no, I love you yeah. forever. And that's how it went down. <laughs> but but let me share with you, not to go back to Marcella too often, but uh, my friend Marcella who passed, she was dating someone, and she said the same thing to him, mm-hmm. and he left yeah. because he wanted kids, yeah. and this wasn't going to happen with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, having kids was tough for us even that was like we, we wanted more than one kid. We have one kid, and that's amazing, and we love her dearly, and we'll never never ever ever change that for anything but at the time we cer- certainly were ready to have two or three kids and just this thing just got in the way this ms has been a third party in this marriage i mean it's tough like it's always always a constant distraction not just for me but for both of us uh, um i th- i think i can ask you guys this question but give me the stink eye if i've gone too far okay does you having ms affect your sex life Oh, I'm at, you're going deep and dirty. Yeah, yeah. It, do, it, it does. Yeah. yeah. Yes. yes, it does. Yes. And there's enough stuff that affects marriages, but then to throw that in, and then to throw in, it's progressively getting worse, and then, you know, to, to, to sort of spin into the mix the whole, I'm not strong enough to take care of him. I'm not, uh, you know, even emotionally some days, right? I can't deal with this anymore, and I'm... I'm tired. I whatever, right? All that stuff has got to be bouncing around your head, Aaron. Yeah, I think I I want to be Dion's wife first and being a caregiver is very different. So I feel like I'm trying to live in the tension of doing both of those hmm. well. Um and it is tiring. Have you ever got angry at him and then realized later that you were angry at MS, not him? Oh, that's a good question. Because <laughs> um, I, I could see being angry at him. I mean, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> um, have I ever been? I, I do get angry at the disease, yes. And I mean, of course, as a married couple, we go through... Married know, stuff. Mari- yeah. yeah. And, and so sometimes it is hard to distinguish what I'm what I'm upset with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and probably in retrospect after it's over can see a little more clearly. She's a beautifully patient woman and she's not ever as angry at me as I get at myself. Like I just get mad at myself for, for not being able to participate in the home life as much as I would like and all of that. So there's nobody that can beat me up more than I do sure, myself. Sure. Well, that brings me to this next question. Uh, you know, everyone knows who knows Dion Oxford knows that you're the, uh, you're the, hey, let's take care of uh, people who really need to t- be taken care of guy. And all of a sudden, you have to be taken care of. How does that go over? Because that, your identity is based on taking care of others. That's yeah. who you are. Yeah. Well, that's where MS comes a bit of a gift for me, to be quite honest. Because I'm good at giving, good at caring for others. But I wasn't very good at being cared for. And so I'm learning daily, like... 
you know, that, that, that I have to allow myself to be carried by my friends and my, by my family. And literally, even this summer, we went to camp, uh, Koinonia, which is this camp we go to every year. And that camp's built on a hill. Like, it's the most inaccessible camp you've ever seen in your life. And the lake is down this hill. And I didn't think I was going to be able to do the lake this year, which was a real downer. And all of a sudden, these guys that work there were willing to carry me down to the water and carry me back up the hill afterwards. So I'm envisioning this Mark II. Mark II is just this image of this paralytic who's being sort of carried and and led down into the the house where Jesus was to be healed. Oh, this is the Jesus story where they bust through the roof and lower buddy down for Jesus to heal him. I'm picturing myself. All of a sudden, I could always imagine myself being the guy who was carrying the guy down, uh, helping the guy. But then I was trying to picture myself as being the person being sort of carried and hauled, led down through the roof. And that was a that was a, that was a different game for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a powerful one because I realized that the people that were carrying me up and down the hill uh, were, wanted to. Like, they loved me that much. I, I, I want to read to you something you wrote in your posts. Uh, you've been posting a little bit about your journey. Is it on Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. Okay. Uh, can you pass me my glasses over there, please? That's the first time I've ever said that on air. Oh, my goodness. We're all getting old, buddy. Shut up, Tim. <laughs> oh, it's so much better. It's like HD. Um, okay, here's what I want to read. <laughs> now I'm back to Mark 2. When the man gets lowered down to Jesus, he does get healed. Jesus touches him, and he stands up and walks away. Oh, how I long for that possibility. I long to be physically healed. I dream of going for walks with Aaron without mobility aids. I fantasize about going for bike rides with Kate, your daughter. I believe with all my heart that God could make me walk again and still hold out hope for that. Having said that, I truly believe that I've been healed in deeper ways. This disease has humbled me. I've been forced to slow down and listen to God in the silence. I've learned profound lessons of life, love, patience, grace, forgiveness through this MS journey. MS has been a gift to me. I would like to stop and call BS on this. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it doesn't end there. It's a, oh, okay, fine. I'll yeah, keep going. No. Yes, it's one I'd happily give back. Yes. yes, it's frustrating and painful for me and those around me. Yes, I get depressed, angry, and sad. But I still believe Jesus has healed me as my friends and family have lowered me into his presence. Dude, that is a killer line. I believe it's true. I believe that to be true. That is not BS for me. But why, why do... Have you ever heard of anyone getting healed to be of BS? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever heard of anyone getting healed of MS? Not, not. I've never seen it. Of course, I've heard about it. Yeah, but, yeah, heard, but come I, on. We've also heard I, the people who come back yeah. from the dead. Yeah, I've not seen it, and that is a struggle for me, to be quite honest. So we read about this stuff. Yeah. And it was only when Jesus was really real? Because did he not say, hey, when I leave, things are going to still be really awesome and maybe a tad cooler because I'm leaving the Holy Spirit with you and and still cool stuff is going to happen. That's a little bit of a paraphrase. Mm -hmm. But do you believe that God actually physically heals people today? And if you do believe that, then you must have prayed for it and ferociously prayed for it and fasted and family and laid hands and anointing and the whole, you've done all the right stuff to try to get healed and you haven't been healed. So what is the problem? I don't, I don't know, man. Like I, I struggle with these questions too, Drew. I'm not here to say that I've got all this figured out. I, I really am not. Uh, and I think healing 
had to have been redefined for me as to not just a physical healing, but a but an inner healing. I get I get all of that. But that's what people say when they don't get healed. No, they I go, yes, know. I really no. have been healed. And, you know, my heart has been soft, whatever, yeah, right? No, no, but I, I mean, I've been around 20, 25 years. I work with guys on the streets. I go to a funeral probably one, once a month. So I get being sort of disappointed with God and being mad at God. I get it. I get it. But I've also seen lives change. So whether or not, yeah, I don't know, Drew, like, I've read about these stories. I would, I've got close friends who I trust who say they've seen these kinds of stories, even though I haven't myself. Uh, I, do I believe that God can physically heal me? Yes, I do. But do I believe it's going to happen? Most likely not. So I live in that kind of tension. But at the end of the day, there's never been a moment, Drew, honestly, in all honesty, even though I've struggled with intimacy with God, whatever that means, there's never been a moment where I've thought, I'm going to throw in the towel, like there is no God and this is all a pile of crap. Really? Never, never, never. I promise you, never has there been a moment. There's been times when I've, like, again, I see people dying on the streets. Every day I wonder what God's up to, right? I, I just don't get it. I don't get God. Uh, you would probably I, be more impacted by someone you care about being screwed over than you being screwed over. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, the sicker I get, the more I think about my own healing. I've never thought about it before, but the sicker I get, the, the more disabled I become. Or I even dream about walking. I dream about going for walks down the sidewalk. That's now my fantasy. That's now my number one fantasy in my brain, in my dreams, is that I go for a walk without a, a cane or a mobility scooter. So again, You and I have very different fantasies. I'm telling you. That's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I know. The minor changes. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. um, do you think that – well, do you know where uh, – how do I how do I say this? Um Environment, genetics, um, biochemical breakdown, external forces like, I don't know, maybe turkey neck soup yeah. caused this, or slow-cooked moose meat. Yeah, that's the good stuff right there. I mean, I grew up in Newfoundland, right? There's, there's, or lassie buns. Yeah, man. That's the, I mean, I, you know what? I did eat crab my whole life. <laughs> like, my whole life, and I loved every minute of it. What are lassie buns, by the way? Molasses. Just sounds, molasses. Oh, okay. Buns, yeah. It sounds like we're talking about a chick's butt. <laughs> in Scotland. Yeah. Or what? Or ground-up dog. Or yeah, ground-up ground dog. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Well, you say that like lassie. it's a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lassie's in the well. Lassie's not coming home tonight, baby. Sorry. Stay focused. I mean, uh, Canada has the highest per capita of people with MS in the whole world. Wow. So it has something to do with sunshine. It does have something to do with climate. It has something to do with diet. It does – there's something about it. Like Canada doesn't get tons of sunshine in most most of it, right? In Newfoundland, we get a couple of weeks of summer if we're lucky and – uh, you know, uh, vitamin D deficiency is very much sort of connected now to MS, so I do think that's part of it. There are some genetics, but really at the end of the day, these guys still don't have a clue how to go about trying to fix it. Okay, so coping mechanisms and, and uh, he, uh, um, uh, leaning into stuff or, or trying stuff that may help. Maybe not get healed, yeah. but may help, may make a big difference. I've heard about the operation with, with, in the veins and the neck or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we did that. Went to Costa Rica five years ago. You're kidding me. You did that. Had the surgery, yeah. And? Um, didn't didn't did pan work? out. No, obviously. Yeah. But the beauty of that, again, Drew, I know. You went to Costa Rica. Like, <laughs> went to Costa Rica, spent two weeks. And I, I needed $16,000 to do that because I wanted to bring Aaron and Kate with me. And I wrote an email, and went, in less than 24 hours, I had $16,000 given to me by my friends. No receipts, no charitable 
Thanks for seeing anything. And do you go, oh, that that was the Lord doing that? Or do you go, well, people are awesome and people yeah. loved on me? People loved people on me. Love I hate me. that phrase. There's a tiny bit of the, the God thing, but I'm not, not going to jump up and down and say I'm so blessed by God. But I am blessed by a number of people who absolutely love me and show me and very ta- me and Aaron and Kate in tangible ways. Yeah. Because of what you've seen and having worked on the streets for so long, uh, quick aside, is uh, Covenant House still doing their thing? Yep, yeah, they're still going. And I, I just have really uh, fallen, this kind of sounds creepy when I say this, but fallen over with them. Ange- Angela from uh, Young Street Mission, uh, I forgot her last oh, name. Oh, Angie, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And, um, I forget her last name. Oh, name. brutal. Angie, I hope she's, you're not listening. She's the best. Oh, my goodness. Jurassic, yes. Jurassic. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, See, when I was I was a real rat bag as a kid, and my, par- my parents kicked me out numerous times. And one time, my mom left a, a pamphlet for uh, Covenant House. Okay. So I went down and spent two nights there. Okay. Scared me to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and didn't have a great experience there whatsoever. Um, so, and I every once in a while, I, you know, I, t- I talked to Greg Paul, and I, you know yep. what he does there, and he mentioned me in one of his books about some awkward experience I had with his street yep. people stuff. And so, from a distance, you know, I, I kind of get what you what you see, but I don't really get what you see. What I'm trying to get at is that you've seen a lot, yeah. And your your um, how do I say this? You are desensitized, I think. Little, yeah, for sure. Example of that is you're not a big crier. No. Have you always been not a big crier? Yeah, pretty much. Aaron seen me cry a couple of times in in our married life. Yeah, less than five. (laughs) Yeah. So, again, this is the segue into what kind of weird things have you tried now that Jesus hasn't healed you yet? Uh and. Have you tried the acupuncture? Have you tried the marijuana? And are you allowed to say that because no. you work with Jesus people? <laughs> um, have you have you um, have you tried you know yoga? I mean, what have you tried? I I've tried it all. Have you really? Uh, I mean, I'm, uh, well, well not more quite not quite. Well, everything. I didn't go the marijuana way yet. Although, uh, and I have no Jesus issues with taking marijuana in any way, shape, or form. And uh, I might go there because there does seem to be some. Principles of healing in in that. So far, though, and it's, and it's more acceptable with the Jesus people if oh, it's yeah. the, if it's the tincture or the oil or the yeah. like. If you smoke it, if you have a dub, that's uh, not cool. But if you have a little bit of the oil there, you can the, even smoke a dub with Jesus people these days. Huh? Uh, things are changing, buddy. <laughs> Thankfully, Jesus is just all right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> that's yeah, right. Yeah. Straight up. Uh, so no, for me, it's I've tried all kinds of weird stuff like acupuncture, so on and so forth. My neurologist in a meeting I just had with her two weeks ago said said this. If you stretch your legs religiously twice a day, your calves, your hamstrings, and your quads, twice a day, and you do a little mindfulness, you can slow this thing down. I promise you the research shows you that and and possibly even do some reversing of what's already happened to you. So since that time, I have gotten into yoga. So for two, two and a half weeks now, every single morning for half an hour, I lie on the floor I put my songs app on to meditation yoga music, and I like do Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not quite. But, um, and I do yoga. I stretch. Well, okay. So again, let's go back to the, the tribal conditioning that we've all in this room uh, have grown up with. Yeah. We were told that if you do yoga, you're going to get Satan. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, at times they are a change in. I think, I mean, some people, some some of my very ultra-conservative Christian friends who are going to vote for that 
bad guy. Um, Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you two should never, ever talk. Uh, ever. Not on my show. <laughs> Good. Uh, will look at me funny because I'm using words like namaste now. which I, I noticed that. I was looking word. at your blog or yeah. your post and it once said uh, – uh, thank you. One said shalom. One yeah. said peace. And the last one, you went namaste. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the 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 divine in me acknowledges the divine in you. Like how how much more of a wonderful word, uh, a Jesus word, could that possibly be? So uh, you know what? There's a, more of an openness, even though again, yes, it does rankle some people. Sometimes I refer to God as she. That's even worse for some people. They get really upset. At Those me are like, only people that hated the shack. <laughs> I didn't really love the shack either, <laughs> but I do think God, God is not sort of constricted to some kind of gender, or whatever. Anyway, nonetheless, yeah. People get more upset with me about calling God she than using the word namaste. Nonetheless, I think yoga, all these, all, all truth is God's truth. That's what I've always felt to be true. Are you scared? Yeah, I'm scared out of my mind, man. I'm, I'm scared, scared. But you're a Jesus guy. Scared. You're not supposed to be scared. I know. F- uh, a fear, isn't there some fear not for I am with yeah, thee or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, in case you haven't noticed, I haven't arrived yet. <laughs> I haven't attained fully sort of perfection, right? Maybe some more yoga. I'll, yeah, I'll get yeah, to yeah. nirvana in this life. But. You can't listen to that. Yeah, um, yeah right. <laughs> uh, what, what are you afraid of? Well, I'm not afraid of death. In fact, sometimes I, I, I long for it, to be quite honest, because life is kind of... Kind have, you of said th- have you said that to your wife? Oh, well, she's sitting right by me. She knows I feel that way. Has he said to you, I would, jeez, oh, I just wish I was dead? I don't think I've heard him say it like that. No, I don't think I, I don't feel that way. Like I, I mean, I don't want to live to be old this way. Is what I really mean. I don't want to live another forty years. Yeah, I mean, Dion would regularly say that he expects to live a shorter life, but I don't know that I hear him regularly say he wishes he were dead right now. No, no. How old's your daughter? Twelve. See, that sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, that's where I check out. That- she, you know what? I, I want to see. This is what I've said to myself. I want to see Kate. I want to see the choices she makes, who she chooses to marry, um, what kind of career choice she has, like what kind of worldview she wants to adopt. I want to see all of that, and then I'm good. I'm good. I'm good to go. I don't think she'll be good. Like when people lose their parents, no matter how old they are, yeah. it's going to be tough for them. Yeah, yeah. But I'd, I want to live long enough so that she doesn't have to lose her dad when she's 12 years old. Do you think we're just sucky about this because we're North Americans and we, we uh, have a life expectancy yeah. thing? Yes, I do. I think we're ridiculous. Like, I think if I were, like, I keep, I don't even know what the rituals would have been, but I think if I were living 300 years ago, the, the tribe would have brought me out the woods and sat me on a tree and gave me something to eat and done a little dance and sort of said, thanks for coming out and just let me stay there with nature. And I would have been good with that. I'm good with that. I get it. I think we're kind of over, I think we're kind of obsessed with lasting long in this world and hmm. we're afraid of death. I'm not afraid of death. I've, I've been to, like I said, a, a lot of funerals. I'm not afraid of dying in any way. I'm, uh, I'm more afraid of living. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, what do you say to the people that are listening who are coping with some kind of physical infirmity or mental infirmity Whatever, you know, they're just, their head is spinning out of control with where are you, God? I have called out to you. I have cried out to you. I have begged and pleaded for you to show up, and you have not showed up. Yeah. 
And I don't mean, again, I get specific on this because people go, well, you know, he did show up. You know, he, he showed up in this way and he showed up in that way. Okay, I don't think God is like the ultimate jerk lawyer who said, no, you didn't word it right. Uh, you didn't word it specifically. You know, you have to be specific. You have to say, I would like to be physically healed from, from MS, you know, and you have to use the Jesus in the right way and you have to pray yeah. at a certain time and you've got to fast first. And mm-hmm. eh. I was told when Christians want to say something trite like that and they, they, it makes them feel good about themselves. So when I was first diagnosed, for example, my one somebody who was a sort of a well, well-known Christian said to me, you know what, Dion? You know what? If you die, that's fine because you'll be with Jesus forever. Oh, my that God. That was the very, very worst possible Can thing. Can you tell me off here who that was? Because uh, I will find that person. Again, I, I have images of punching lots of people in the face, as you know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, no, Chris, you know what? I'm not going to say anything trite like that to anybody. Uh, all I would say, and it's not even all that spiritual, really, uh, I like to play poker. Another thing that maybe some Christians don't like to hear me say. I play poker a lot. And I actually believe that this life is a metaphor. Uh, poker is a metaphor for life, meaning you're going to get some, dealt some cards. Some of them are good. Not, some of them are not so good. So it's not about the cards you've been dealt. It's about how you choose to play them. And that's kind of been the way I've tried to live my life. Just hone in more specifically on the person who has called out to Jesus and they feel let down. Is your answer you're going to be dealt lousy cards, so suck it up, princess? <laughs> I don't, know, maybe, I don't know, Aaron. Maybe you want to take a stab at this. I, I, I got. I <laughs> almost got nothing. I've almost got nothing. You, honestly, I, I don't feel comfortable saying. So many people feel comfortable coming up to me and saying, "I'm praying for you, and I believe God has told me that you're going to be healed." And you know what? Some people that I trust are saying that to me, and that doesn't bother me as much as actually it even bothers Aaron, because uh, I, you know, I, but I, I couldn't find it in myself to ever say that to anybody. So. Anybody who comes up to me and says, and, and by the way, lots of people do that. They read my blog, and they'll contact me, and they'll say, you know what, nobody knows this about me, but I have MS, or I have this, and I haven't shared this with my employers or even my family, because if they find out, they're going to start feeling sorry for me, and they'll start pitying me, but I just need to talk to you about this. Which, by the way, if somebody wants to do that with me after your show, and you put my email address up, I'm happy to have someone contact me like that. But I am not going to say something trite back. I do feel God's presence. I feel God. I feel the presence of something when I listen to music. I mean, I played in a band. No, but, but maybe that you there. just feel good because music is no, playing. No, no, How do you know no, it's God? I don't really know. I don't really know. But I feel it. I, I think I think it's true. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Right? Yeah, your wife already told me. <laughs> but I, I think it's true. And it makes the world make sense. The world makes more sense to me through a God slash Jesus lens. The world makes absolutely zero sense to me without looking at it through a Jesus lens, really, honestly. Nothing makes sense to me. Nothing. Except for our band. Well, that, that, that band we played in, me and Tim, back in the day, Aslan. Two, two months. Two, two-ish months. Okay, <laughs> Tim doesn't have a mic. Don't acknowledge him. Okay, okay, okay. This time has just flown by, and I, I, I would just – I don't want you to go, but um, I want to thank you both for sharing some of your guts on here. Let me just – maybe I can just finish with, uh, with Aaron just for a second here. Aaron, it's a different dynamic when someone you care about is going through stuff. I think I mentioned this earlier. If anybody that has a, a little bit of social awareness or a little bit of – I don't know, whatever the word is, they sort of go, okay, I can, I can deal with stuff. But if you screw with someone I care about, I'm not cool with that. Or Right? It's a protective, loving thing or whatever. 
Um, has your spiritual life changed because of MS? Hmm. I think so. I think probably in a lot of ways that are similar to Dion. Um, I mean, I, I, I think I'd want to say to some of those people who feel like, where is God in all of this? I'd say, find a safe place to to yell it out. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, don't be too often we're told to not kind of go to those dark places, right? And And so I guess for me, it's enabled me to learn how to lament. Um, it's... So have you screamed out? Oh, yeah. Loud. <laughs> Yeah, pretty regularly, too, actually. Ever heard anything back? Um, well, again, it's, I mean, Other it's hard. Other than the neighbor Yeah, up. that's right. <laughs> um, I'd, I think I have. It's hard to decipher whether yeah. or not I have. Um, I know that I quite often have strength that doesn't make any kind of sense to me that I would have. And so it doesn't feel like my own. And so I think that that must be coming from another source. Mm. Um, I, I think that there was a time when Dion was in a terrible space. This was years ago. And our water wasn't working in our home. Like it was just sort of one thing after another. And I locked myself in a bathroom and I screamed. And I was screaming so loud that I almost missed... Um, the person knocking on our door who was finally showing up to fix our water problem that had gone on for like two weeks. And so I don't know. I mean, that day it felt like that water guy was kind of Jesus showing up. But I don't know if he thought that, but that's how it felt (laughs) to me. Yeah, Yeah, so it has impacted my faith. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, And I continue to struggle. I couldn't say that I don't. Okay, well, I mean, I I like your I don't know answers. I like your mess. I like the fact that you're unfigureoutable. Um, I, I, um, I'm very, very thankful that you came today. These, these journey segments, and, and this one in particular, I really don't care if anyone's listening. These are for me. Because one of the reasons I've uh, struggled and left the, the certainty camp, the evangelical certainty camp, I've left that camp, is because of the, the, the lack of, in, in my impression, my, my, uh, my understanding, and that's all I can go off of, I can only bring what I got, the lack of tangible interaction with a creator that we've read about who apparently when we read is tangible and then we hear stories in the in the tribes about him being tangible and yet not tangible in in uh, in in my life and people say well you're just ignorant or actually people have said this to me you're just selfish or you're just spoiled or you're just you know look how he's blessed you know no I don't want daddy's stuff I want daddy you know what I mean it's a it's a different thing so so these these are really important for me so thank you. I know it was a big effort to come here, guys. I really do. And and, and 25 minutes doesn't seem long. Well, we've gone a little bit over, but it doesn't seem long enough. But thank you is kind of what I'm trying to say. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, okay. I think it's quite apropos that we leave with the Doobie Brothers. Thank you.